Folks, you know I always have the heavy hitters on No Picks for Dark podcast. And I'm excited for this episode. So I was a, I'm a huge fan of this person from the Baltimore Sundays all the way to the Baltimore Banner Days now. And I had a chance to meet her at AFRAM two years ago. And I was like, kind of like nervous, like, oh, this is a great reporter. I can't believe I'm talking with her. And I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Ms. Pamela Wood will be the next voice you hear on No Picks of Dark podcast. Are you or someone you love in need of mental health support? For All Seasons is now offering same-day therapy appointments with no wait list. Through the For All Seasons open access program, you can walk in for mental health services and begin therapy in the same visit. For All Seasons accepts all insurances and provides financial assistance if you need it. For therapy, psychiatry, or victim support, we have appointments available today. Call For All Seasons, 410-822-1018. Welcome to the No Picks of the Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Miss Pamela Wood, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here on No Picks After Dark. Thank you so much for your time. You are busy. When I ran on caught you, you were breaking, about to do a breaking story right there. I was like, <laughs> let her do her thing. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. I love, love talking about the news business. Yeah, you're big time. I always say you're big time from Baltimore Sun to the banner. You're doing so many great things out here. And I, like I said, I was so excited to meet you during the governor, the gubernatorial race. Yeah, that's And that's right. when we met, because I was like, yeah, I had my little booth, my little podcast area. And I was starting to come on the scene at that point. People were like, who is this guy? Who is this guy getting all these candidates to come talk with him? And people were like, oh. And then I saw you at Mako and a couple other things of that nature. But tell people a little bit about how long have you been in the business for? Yeah, so I've been in the business my actually my entire adult life and actually started doing journalism when I was in high school so I'm one of those rare people who I knew what I wanted to do when I was young and then I've been lucky enough that I've been able to make it a career so going on uh, as a professional 23 years now I graduated in 2000 so long time nice so you went to the University of Maryland I sure did I'm a terp That was your championship year, right? Or you right, right you, after t- t- uh, uh, 2002. All right, right. So you were right after the left. Okay, right yeah, after you yeah. left, you won a championship. I remember it was during that time period. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was all those players, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter. Yeah, loved it. It was big. <laughs> I I joke that everybody goes to Maryland minors in basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Are you originally from Maryland? Uh, since uh, I was 10, my family moved here when I was 10 to Howard County. So, okay. Like not quite lifelong, but. You know, most of my life here. Where'd you guys live before? Uh, upstate New York, actually. Oh, upstate. Okay, all right. Yeah, we. So you went to Syracuse. Yes, right? I did. I did go to Syracuse. I was like super close to going to Syracuse because I thought about going back. Ah, oh, Syracuse. Yeah, it was right down to Syracuse and Maryland at the end, and Maryland won out. It happens. It but happens. Grow, you know, growing up up there, I grew up in a little town uh, north of Syracuse. The height of like child fashion was getting a Syracuse sweatshirt. I believe it. Yes, I that was like it. the big deal when you got a new Syracuse sweatshirt uh, yeah. to wear around. So I mean, I used to have a starter Syracuse hoodie, so I, oh, I know that. Oh, there you go. That was back in the day, but that's so small world. Yeah. So I don't know if you knew this. I went to high school in Syracuse also. Oh, okay. So I was the high school, and then I ended up like uh, it was either Syracuse or a Foggy Bottom GW. And I was like, I don't like, there's no campus here. I want to, yeah. I want sports. I want other things where it's like a community. I didn't really want a city. So I, and that's why I went to Syracuse. Well, you know, that's what I wanted. I wanted a big school with a journalism program and, you know, the big sports and activities. Like I wanted to go to football and basketball games and all that. We so. had Newhouse. Come on. We had Newhouse. 
Newhouse is one of the best communication schools in the nation. Uh, like I said, it was close. It was super close. And I, I have lots it. of colleagues and people I've met over the years who are Syracuse alums. I got it. So um, when you guys moved down here in Howard County, was there something that might in your family that was a was a writer or somebody who you looked up to that were like you said you wrote when you were younger? Was somebody that you were like, I, I like what they do? That would you model after? Yeah, so my parents were big readers generally, okay. and they also followed the news religiously. At, you know, everywhere we lived, up in New York, down here, always subscribed to the paper. We read the Baltimore Sun every day. The Columbia Flyer every Thursday came, mm. and on the weekends we would get the Washington Post. And, like, I swear this is real, that we would go to church on Sunday, get the donuts, come home, spread out in the line, living room and dining room, and everybody take their sections of the newspaper. And so we were just newspaper readers. Um, my parents watched the TV news every night, the evening news. Uh, and then when I was in sixth grade at Wildlife Middle School, mm-hmm. we, uh, we did a unit in one of our language arts classes on newspapers. And we had to make our own little newspaper wow. in class, you know, the who, what, when, where, how, and why. And I thought, oh, this is super cool. I was just <laughs> smitten and I thought it was really cool. And I couldn't wait to get to the chance to go to high school and then work on the student newspaper. So that's cool. It was really just sort of my background from my family being news people, you know, being news consumers. And then a teacher, uh, Mrs. Dodson was her name at uh, Wildlife Middle School. I love that. I love telling them. Thank you for sharing that story with us. That's really cool how it all began. And then high school, you were, did you guys, you guys had a newspaper in high school? We did. It was called, I went to Howard High School. Okay. Because Everybody's got to know where you went to high school. You know, that's the Maryland thing. Yeah, Howard High School in Ellicott City, and our newspaper was called The Lion's Tale. Mm. Uh, T-A-L-E. We thought we were so clever. But, <laughs> you know, when the first, when I finally got in the newspaper, the first edition that came out, um, you know, got them from the printer. We went around the classrooms and passed them out. And seeing people, my classmates, my friends, just devour the paper. Of course, they were just looking to see if they were in it. Um, <laughs> but it's, it was such a rush, such a high. I was like, oh, man, this is like definitely for me. Yeah. So uh, hold, that me. hold that thought. So I'm, I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to bring this that, that little feeling to now. But we'll, we'll, we'll go back to we'll We'll get to it. So you did all that. You enjoyed it. That sounds cool because I remember... When I won Best of Baltimore for Baltimore Sun, it meant more to me than Baltimore Magazine. Hmm. The reason why, and people don't get it, they're like, when I grew up, when I so I moved all around when I was younger, and I used to come back to Baltimore every summer. I worked at my family's convenience store. Mm -hmm. My uncle used to read the paper every day. Nice. My grandmother read the paper every day. And I just remember growing up, everybody read the paper. It was a Baltimore Sun from front to back. And when I won that award, I was like, this means a lot because these are people, this is what I grew up on. Yeah, your Mag- family. It was yeah. your family. Magazine yeah. wasn't around. Baltimore Magazine wasn't around. It wasn't mm-hmm. what we read. It was the newspaper. So, and now just that feel of that newspaper. And then you had the people, you know, the delivery, you know, try to be, um, uh, was it the delivery guy? Yeah. And remember the delivery boys back in the day yeah. or girls delivering. And then, remember, I just remember people throwing it out there and driving by. That stuff is just great memories. Yeah. So that's why it was really important for me when I was like, this is really important for Bulmer. It's not a little tangent. But you you do your thing. You're like, I'm going to Maryland. Mm-hmm. You didn't go to Cuse. It's all good. Did you think, uh, did you ever want to be in TV or did you always just want to be a journalist? Like, what is it, where's that line where you're like, 
you want to be a TV person or personality or do you just want to be a writer? I was always drawn to writing, the okay. writing part of it, uh, which is really funny because as the business has changed and as my career has grown, I had to pick up some photography skills out of, out of necessity. Now, I'm not as good as the pro photographers, <laughs> but I can shoot a little. Uh, I did a little podcasting for a while when I was at The Sun. Uh, I do radio hits. I go on TV now. We have a partnership with WJZ. Mm-hmm. And the Baltimore Banner's on every weekday at 9.30. And I go on that um, and I moderate debates and I'm doing all these out front things that, you know, college student Pamela Wood would have poo-pooed all that and said, no, I'm a writer. But we've moved into this way in journalism that it's very multifaceted and you have to pick up these different skills, you know, to to stay alive in this business, frankly. And and it turns out I enjoy it. Yeah, you did. You do a great job in debate. You did really good. I think you're one of the best people to do something like that. Like, cause you know, you know, you have the pulse and to be at the state of Maryland. I really believe like I, if I have to find any news, I go to your, I go to your Twitter page. All right. Awesome. I go right <laughs> away. I'm a, like, I'm a big fan. So I'm always like, if she is a reporter, it's not, it's not true yet. I don't believe it's out until, unless you hear something that a grapevine. But again, if you don't put it out there, I don't think it's happening. So kudos to you, you oh, and your credibility you. because I think in news and whatnot, it's about being credible and authentic and telling the news. Not telling the sensational story, but the news for me. And they're like, all right, this is what's going on. Okay, great. I like I like to hear this. Understand again. You know, walk away with your own opinion sometimes. Yeah, well, you know, I think you hit on an important point. Credibility is important. And, like, you have credibility because people sense your passion for Baltimore and your genuine interest in hearing about interesting things people are doing. And... You know that draws people in, and people know they're they're going to get something good. Same thing at, at at the banner or in any you know reporter. You have to be um, you know real, and you have to have you have to build that trust and gain that trust from your readers or your viewers that they know you're giving them the real deal as best you know it. Um, and actually, I speak every year to a journalism ethics class at Towson University okay. about uh, uh, an old friend of mine teaches there, and uh, you know I talk a lot about building that credibility and you know because otherwise people don't know like whether to trust you or not and how important that trust is in in journalism i will tell you i've you know i've learned a lot from doing this the last couple of years and on top of the last presidency of all the news and everything and that credibility is such an important thing now because people don't really know they want they they want you to help them educate you're basically your educator mm-hmm. And you're walking yeah. on the path of how what's going on. So kudos to you and what you got going on. On so you're asking, what was your first job out of college? Where did you first start out? Uh, I first started at the Maryland Gazette newspaper, which okay. is it still exists. Um, it's a little tiny paper in Northern Anne Arundel County. It comes out in print twice a week. Mm. It's part of the Capital Gazette. It's yeah. a little the little sister paper to the Capital in Annapolis. Um, where a couple of years later, I jumped there. And then on to the sun and the banner. But it was it was really great. We had this tiny office in Glen Burnie. And like old Glen Burnie, if anybody's been to the Glen Burnie Carnival, it's right down the street from there. <laughs> and people would literally just walk in the door and just walk right in the newsroom wow. and have tips. And sometimes they were great. Sometimes they were crazy. Or people come in and pay their bill for their subscription. And uh, it was a really great place to do just true community news, writing about a you know, a church is going to expand and, you know, build an expansion or there's a 
housing development and people are fighting, you know, a farm's going to turn into a housing development and people are fighting it and all that kind of stuff, which is, we don't have enough of that anymore, no. but it was a great, great schooling and in, in how to become a grown up reporter and to learn about the community. Who would you say that you would say that really helped you along the way to where you are right now? Is there somebody that has a mentor out there? Somebody who said, Hey, let me take you under my wings and show you a couple things. Was there anybody out there? Yeah. My first editor, uh, is, a a gentleman named Bob Mosier. He's actually the communications director now for Anne Arundel County Public Schools. So <laughs> if anybody, you know, listening has like kids, he's the one who like does the announcements at schools, schools canceled. Oh. <laughs> he does a lot more, but they're always, waiting for the, <clears throat> they're always waiting for the phone call from Bob <laughs> to find out if school's canceled. Um, but he was my first editor and really helped me transition from being a student reporter, um, you know, at this, you know, the, I worked at the University of Maryland Diamondback and into being a professional reporter and what it takes to be doing this, you know, 40 Mm. hours a week and, you know, really helped me a lot with that transition and, you know, grow into a professional newspaper for sure. And, And then, you know, honestly, along the way, I have really been fortunate to work alongside a ton of really talented journalists and we learn from each other a lot, which is, you know, really great. I love hearing that. I love hearing. And you went from the Capital Gazette to Baltimore Sun, mm-hmm. and then you left the Baltimore Sun and went to the Banner. Yep, that's right. And folks, we're gonna leave right there. We're right about these messages. We're gonna talk about the Baltimore Banner. We're gonna talk about what she's what's going on with the Baltimore Banner, which she's covering, and tell us maybe she might get some secrets about what's going on with this race coming up and the Congress and whatnot. When you give to United Way, your gift could be the first spark of something bigger. It can help someone find, interview for, and get hired for a job and provide follow-up services for success. It can break down educational barriers and give that extra help to a struggling student with in-school support programs. Give today. Spark something bigger. And folks, we are back with Ms. Pamela Wood. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, this is an amazing episode. I'm learning so much about you. I'm getting really giddy. Like, this is really cool. Uh, learning so many great things about you. So, Leffel, Baltimore Banner. What is your job over there right now? So, at the Baltimore Banner, I am a state house, state government, and politics reporter, which means I split my time between Baltimore and Annapolis, and my life is dictated by the governor, <laughs> uh, the General Assembly, um, and whatever they're doing to try and make Maryland a better place, or whether they're doing it right or screwing it up, that's what I do. And I do a little bit of other politics reporting, some on our congressional delegation, you know, help out in the city or other places as needed, but it's mostly state government. So we're, this episode will be out in January, so on purpose, because session. Yep. It's the second, second session of the governor. Um, I was at a conference this past year in summer in Mameko. I saw you there. And he said that it's going to be a little bit tighter this year, financial-wise, financial, fiscal, and whatnot. And um, there's a lot of things on the agenda coming up. What things are you thinking that's going to come up that, what are you looking forward for to in this session that's coming up? Yeah, I'm excited for the session. Mm-hmm. I always start out excited, then I get exhausted halfway <laughs> through. So yeah, January to April, 90 days. They're all in Annapolis. Governor Westmore, he's in his second year. Um, you know, the first year, it's tough to do a lot. Uh, because you're just coming in, you're appointing your people, you're getting, you know, getting going. 
he's been in office a year now. So I'm really interested to find out what his priorities are going to be. As you mentioned, a big one is going to be the state budget. There's not quite enough money there to cover all the expenses. It's not catastrophic yet, uh, but they're going to have to make some tough choices. Um, and in particular, uh, transportation is going to face some cuts or maybe they're going to have to raise some money for you know all the highway projects the red line you know the dc metro system that's an area where there's going to be a lot of financial discussion um and then we're also going to see like lots of policy issues uh crime involving young people whether you know victims or perpetrators that is a big thing everybody is talking about it um you know we're yet to see what's going to shake out um you know, we also have, you know, environmental things. Can we, you know, meet the targets for clean energy? Um, so, you know, and who knows? There's always some, so, there's always some surprise every year. There's something that you like didn't expect that is going to end up being a big thing. So now do you, like I saw, this is a question. I know probably one. Do you sleep there overnight? Do you stay there all? <laughs> like, like, cause every time I see your report, you're like, I'm here again. Or like, I, I never laugh or, but I feel like, People don't leave for that nine days. It's like straight Monday through Friday, like boom, boom, boom. Like, tell us, like, give us a little peek behind the scenes during session. Like, what happens? Like, do you pretty much put a cot out there? Like, like how do you uh, guys yeah, do I it? I wish. Um, <laughs> sometimes it seems like that. Um, and I, I'm fortunate. I actually live in between okay. Baltimore and Annapolis, which makes my life easy. I'm not trekking because it, it is a trek to Annapolis from Baltimore. Yes, day. yes. And a lot of people do it. I live in between, which is lucky. Um, it is, it's long days, Monday through Friday. They're having their committee hearings. They're having, you know, debates on the floor, we call it, which is when the whole chamber is together, the whole House or the whole Senate in the chamber. You know, they have floor debates. There's press conferences. Um you know, there's rallies from all the advocates and you're just going from one thing to another, to another, mm. to another. Um, and I work very closely. I have a partner down there, uh, Brenda Wintrode. Uh, well, hopefully by the time this airs, have a third <laughs> reporter. So I sort of play traffic cop a little bit and try and figure out where we can best deploy our resources. There's only so many of us and so many hours in the day. What's going to be the most important to people in the Baltimore region? Like, what do they need to know about the most and how do we focus? But it's long. There's work on the weekends. Sometimes right. they go in on Saturdays. Um, every Sunday night, I spend a couple hours. I just sit at my laptop and I catch up on my emails. I look at all of the events coming mm. in the week ahead and I start to like rough out a proposal for what we're going to do for the week. So it's it's 90 days where I'm not the best, uh, you know, spouse or friend or daughter. Uh, but uh, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's really... Uh, it's really fascinating to be that close to power and mm -hmm. the important decisions being made and to be there to be the eyes and ears of regular folks who are, you know, you're too busy. You don't have time to do this. You know, everybody has work and school and family. So I feel like I'm the eyes and ears for people down there. I love that because I went down for the first time last year where Sonny died and I was, blown, oh, that's I was a crazy day. blown away and I actually did a, a, a live show down there. And people were like, we're happy you're here because we want to talk. I was like, oh, and I, I wasn't ready for the whole. I had never been to sign up, never been. And I was like, well, let's, let's check it out. And I'm definitely going back this year. And I'm actually going to opening day. I didn't go opening day last year. And everybody's like, why aren't you here? And I was like, ah, I just because my podcast, I step a little bit into the, but I don't really do politics. Mm -hmm. Like I put my toe, I put one, put one foot in <laughs> because I know I don't want to be pigeonholed in that like, 
you're doing this, you're doing this. And I don't want to be left, right, up, down. I just want to be neutral and say, all right, this is what it is. And I try to do a little bit, but I don't try to do too much. The opening day is fun because it's a little bit like the first day of school okay. where, what you know, everybody was off at summer camp or what were you, their summer job or whatever, and they're all coming back together and they they have this fresh optimism mm. for like, we're really going to solve our problems or, you know, we're going to have our voice heard. And there's a lot of optimism and excitement and, you know, all the county execs come down and the attorney general and the comptroll, everybody's there mm-hmm. and, you know, not much business happens on the first day. Right. Uh, which signy die, the last day of session is the opposite. They're doing, everybody comes down. Instead of being optimistic, they're all tired, but right. they do a lot of work on the last day. They do, because I remember I had one person that came and did an interview and had to go back on the floor to vote. And I, they're like, all I, Aaron, all I have is 30 minutes. Like, okay, let's get it in, get it out. So it was very interesting. And the reason why I'm going down there, because pe- I want people to be like, a little sneak peek of video of like, this is, oh, oh, this is who, oh. And they see it and they're like, interesting mm-hmm. i didn't know this side of things and i come at, at it as a regular person just coming down there just checking out hanging out and give people an advantage point I'm like oh this is different oh that's where they are and so that's why i'm going down there this year just to give a sneak peek behind the curtain of what's going on in annapolis because yeah, everybody wants to know right 60 billion dollars of tax dollars they're spending every year in our name like how are they spending it how are they making these decisions on Funding our schools and funding our roads and, um, you know, again, are we going to go tougher on crime? Or are we going to go smarter on crime? It's so important. And it's this weird little world down there. It you is. Know? It um, is. It's very interesting. Would you, how many governors have you worked with since you've been working with just in state politics? Yeah, so I came on full-time doing state house reporting in the second term for Larry Hogan. Okay. But I was part-time before that. I would do session only, mm. or at one point I was an environment reporter, so I would only do the environmental stories. Okay. So um, I dealt uh, a fair amount with Governor O'Malley and a little bit with Governor Ehrlich, um, but not a, not a ton. I was still kind of a, mostly a community reporter then. So what, so what would you say distinguishes everybody different from everybody like their cabinets How, like were they always receptive of you coming in and saying hey what's up or were they like were they kind of like uh we don't really want to talk no comment today or were, like, i always wondered behind like what happens behind the scenes yeah so whenever you're covering an executive whether it's a governor or county executive which i've covered county executives before or mayors um as a reporter you really have to establish a rapport not just with the executive themselves the governor or the mayor um, but with their staff, the with their team, teams, yeah. their comms team, but it also helps to know their chief of staff or the other advisors because, you know, the governor may think you're great, but if you have a terrible relationship with the communication staff, you know, they're not going to help you as much. I mean, I found everybody to be really professional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't always get what I want, but I always ask for, you know, the sun, the moon, and the stars, you mm. know. <laughs> mm. I ask, hey, can I get an hour sit down with the governor more? And, you know, maybe I get 15 minutes, but... You know, yes, for everything. Um, I think the mark of a good administration, a good communications team, is how they are not just when the news is good for them, but when the news is bad for them. Mm. Um, and I'll say, for example, under Governor Hogan, one of my big stories was about this fellow, Roy McGrath, who <laughs> was his chief of staff. Long story short, he had gotten um, negotiated himself this big payout from when he transferred from another state agency to become the chief of staff and it kind of the whole thing blew up 
he kind of got forced out of his job. He eventually got charged criminally and then was shot and killed when he was on the run after skipping trial. Um, so anyway, that's a long story. But when this all broke and there were calls for him to resign and all this, they, Governor Hogan's team, this was really bad for them, but they were absolutely still professional. They answered my calls. They helped me where they could, even though, you know, they were in sort of crisis management mm. mode, um, you know, to try to handle it as best they could. They were still you know, helpful the whole way through. Do, do you think it was hard to be a reporter during COVID and reporting things that was going on in the state house? I know I was probably doing that time because I always remember the big, I was called the circus when Hogan was like, Oh, we have all this stuff coming from different country for all these. And none of it worked. Yeah. And so like, that I was always, a tough when, one. I, when I saw that, I was like, really? But a lot of people didn't really know, but they were like, he got us all this stuff. And a lot of people were like, well, did you hear you didn't really it didn't work yeah how's that is that was that pretty tough for you as a reporter during COVID because you really couldn't do things like you normally had to do you had to do yeah. it was definitely to navigate one thing that and I don't want to sound like a cheerleader for the Hogan administration or anybody else no, but good. one thing they were good at is when they were shutting things down or opening things up or masks or no masks they were very good at communicating about that um, you know, making sure that the reporters had the tools to get the message out um, and they were very clear in their communications. So that part of it was good. Something like the South the South Korean tests, which they got these tests. And look, that was creative problem solving. But the problem was, because tests were hard to find, people forget mm -hmm. what it was like in those early days in 2020. But yeah, they didn't work. They had to spend more money to replace them with ones that did work. And they did not answer questions. And all of us reporters were on this story and we're getting a little piece here, a little piece there. The Post would get something. Jane Miller would get something. I would get something. And it was hard because we are in our houses. You know, you, you can't like run somebody down in the hallway or you're not seeing people or even just when you're on the phone talking to like a new person or trying to convince somebody to talk to you, they don't know who you are. Right. When you can meet somebody in person, you can establish that connection and a little trust. Um, you know, if you've just had even just a, a hallway conversation or you had a cup of coffee with somebody, that is something I like to do with people because then they say, oh, she's a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you just feel more familiar. You know, somebody doesn't know to trust you when you're just like a you know black hole on the other end of the phone line and and that was that was hard that was like pulling teeth to kind of drag out what really happened and to this day i'm not sure why <laughs> they didn't make the choice to say hey we tried it didn't work you know not you know we, we did the best we could um you know that's an enduring mystery i guess of that administration that was definitely different covid was tough as a reporter though. that's what i was thinking leading to now, what about as far as I saw you do something really huge? I was about a couple of months ago. Uh, you had the Secretary of Transportation, Mr. Peter Bouget. Oh, gosh. How was that? <laughs> Were you nervous about that? That was like a really big interview. I mean, walk us through that. How was that for you? Well, so it was, a, I don't usually get nervous to go on stage. Okay. I don't usually get nervous uh, to do interviews, but it was a little out of my depth because I don't cover federal transportation policy. Okay. I'm not an expert. I did a lot of research. I had more questions than I needed. Um, I watched a lot of interviews. Um, and one thing I also knew is that uh, Secretary Buttigieg is very smart and he's very quick on his feet and he is not 
afraid of hostile questioning. Like, he's a Democrat, obviously, right. in the Biden administration. He goes on Fox News and he goes toe-to-toe. That is not friendly media for the Biden administration. <laughs> so I thought, this guy's really smart, like, way smarter than me. But he was he was very nice. I got to meet him in the green room beforehand and, you know, very professional. And then we go out on stage and then all hell breaks loose. I saw that. <laughs> so... We got uh, interrupted by climate change protesters who bought, they bought tickets to the event. This was an event called Impact Maryland that the Baltimore Banner sponsored. Uh, It was at the Meyerhoff. So, which was, I have to say, it was very cool to be on stage at the Meyerhoff. Right, right. After being there to see the BSO so many times, uh, to be on stage was very cool. Wasn't so cool when... They, I couldn't see what was happening because it was a little dark until yeah. they got in front of us. But they're chanting and yelling, "Stop Petro, Petro Pete!" And they had a <laughs> wow. banner, and they actually got up on the stage. And in the moment, I just was actually very calm, and I knew, okay, well, you know, this guy's a military veteran. He's very smart. He can handle hostile situation so i thought okay well we're gonna go with this mm-hmm. and you know maybe we can kind of you know quiet them down by having him address what they're talking about and they were opposed to some pipeline proposal mm. that i didn't even know anything about frankly <laughs> you know and i asked the secretary to address it and we went back and forth a couple times but then you know he's answering and he's not giving them the answers that they want of course not, yeah. um you know, and then they start shouting over him while he's still talking. So we got, you know, he had the, his secret service came right up on stage, right around us, his, his agents. And then finally some of our organizers told us, all right, we just got to cut it off. So we went off stage um, and the secretary goes and his secret service detail goes behind him. And then I'm behind him. And then I realized right behind me is not Buttigieg people or banner people, but the protesters were oh, trying no. to crowd up. So I actually had to push some of them off of me wow. until we could get the door closed. And wow. then it took security a while. Um, and I think police came to like get them out eventually. You know, they turned the lights down, the audience cleared and everything. And so here's the thing. After this, I don't remember how long it took to clear them out. And nobody got arrested. They all, like, left. They had their voice heard. Um, the secretary agreed to go back on stage. I love it. I love it. So we're like, okay, because, you know, he's a busy person. He has other appointments, but he looked at his staff and said, do I have time? Sure, I'll go on stage if we have time. So we had an abbreviated conversation, but he was game and he was absolutely unflappable the whole time. That's why we have you on the show. You're doing amazing things. (laughs) You're doing a lot of great things out here. And kudos to you for what you're doing out here. Thank you. So, I mean, like I said, you've got session coming up. You're on TV every once a week, probably with... WJZ, Peter Booth, yeah, Peter, the secretary, Peter Bouget. That's awesome. So I'm again, busy, man. The so busy. to go back to the question earlier that we you, statement you made, how does it feel? You talked about how you, your family would sit around and touch that paper. Thinking, I think you know where I'm going with this. You touch that I paper. Do. Your your friends will touch that paper. That rustling, that noise. Banner doesn't do paper. I know. How does uh, I'm, not, not, I'm not trying to get you caught up in trouble, but how, do you miss that? Because now so many things are digital, and I understand cost-wise, it makes more sense. But do you miss that rustling of that feel of that paper and seeing that 
What are your thoughts? On I that? do. I do miss the print paper. Not gonna lie, I love the banner. Um, and when I was deciding to make the move from the sun to the banner, I thought, oh, I'm not gonna be a newspaper reporter anymore. I'm a news reporter, but I'm not a newspaper reporter. Mm-hmm. And I actually just moved earlier this year, and I have boxes and boxes of I saved every single paper and clipped out my stories from the time I was uh, at the Diamondback at the University of Maryland so literally probably 10 or 12 like bankers boxes uh, full of them and I thought about just recycling them all but I was like no I gotta I gotta keep this I have a closet in my home office full of boxes of print newspapers I paid to like move them (laughs) because I just couldn't bear to part with them I do I do love it Um, you know print is going you know it's going to be a thing of the past at some point um one thing that is nice is we don't have to worry about print deadlines you know sometimes you get your paper in the morning and this is not a knock on any newspaper but it's you know they had to finish it off at eight o'clock the night before Mm -hmm. you know that when i left the sun i don't know what it is now but it was like that was the drop dead of updating a story was 8 p.m and sometimes you know you don't get the late sports scores in your print paper because it has to go so early and you have to, or sometimes you have to rush to meet your print deadline. Well, at the banner, when the story's ready, the story's ready. If it takes a little bit longer to get all the details, that's why there's no print deadline bearing on you. So that's good. But I do miss the printed paper. Yeah, I had to bring it because you said it, yeah. and I was like, let me bring it back. And I'm, uh, I am old school, and yeah, I do. Lo- I do love a print newspaper. It's the first thing I do whenever I go on vacation. When I get a chance to hit the mini mart or whatever, grab a local newspaper and go through and see what's going on wherever we are. It's funny because I keep at my parents' house all the articles I've had in paper and it's like in a Ziploc bag. Nice. You don't want it, but it just, that's just stuff. I mean, it's funny when I, like Baltimore or something, when I did, when the guy was like, you're buying all my papers. I'm like, this is a commodity, man. This, yeah, keep This it. will never, ever be in a paper again and stuff like that. And, and the guy looked at me like, really? I'm like, you don't even know. This is paper. Do you feel this like... It costs way too much for this, but that's, I get it, but I'll pay for this, you know? Yeah, so. I mean, I have scrapbooks from when I was a kid when I was in the paper, like, doing sports growing mm-hmm. up. I was in the paper a few times, and in the Columbia Flyer, I was in the Baltimore Sun <laughs> once. Oh, that was the best. See? When I got interviewed by the Baltimore Sun as a high schooler, that was, like, the coolest thing. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah, so, love a print paper. What do you want people to walk away from this conversation, me and you, you and I have had? For, what do you want people to walk away just about you and what you got going on? Yeah, I think um, some people generally don't um, understand what news reporters do, uh, what journalists do, and and that's on the fault of journalists. We don't necessarily explain really well what we do. You know, I'm trying to figure out the truth as best I can figure it out, dig up as many facts, hold our government officials accountable, and, you know, give our readers, you know, the people in Baltimore City, Baltimore County, and beyond, you know, information that they need to, you know, make their own decisions, whether it's in an election or whether they think the governor's doing great or is full of crap, like they can decide for themselves. I'm just trying to give them all the information in hopefully a readable way. And we're also not like, we're not like the people in the movies. We don't sleep with our sources. You know, I wasn't going to say that. I wasn't (laughs) going to say that. I mean... We see it on TV. We don't meet people in dark parking lots. Although I have had people, uh, more than you think, actually slip me a manila envelope. 
<laughs> with uh, something in it. Um, but, you know, we're here, we're part of the community. We At the banner in particular, we've put a focus on community news and listening to our readers. And we want to give people what they need and what they want. And we are also super open to feedback. But most journalists, if you're a good journalist, you want to hear it, even if people are telling you off or especially if people are pointing out a mistake. You want to hear it. We want to correct it. We want to do our best. And so I just hope people come away saying like, oh, she's a nice lady. Maybe I'll talk to the banner. Well, <laughs> I appreciate you hanging out, being candid, but I'm not going to let you off that easy. All right. Can't let you off that easy. If you watch the show, folks, you know what time it is. It's the speed round. All right. So we're going to say, we're going to ask her a question because I I purposely didn't want to answer, ask her during the interview. Favorite United States women gymnast? Well... <laughs> Yeah, I gotta gotta ask who's your who is your all time well, I'll, I'll, who's your top three? Oh, my top. Three I'll give favorite. you. I'll give you three. Oh, I love so many. Okay, U.S. gymnast. Yes, okay. U.S. gymnast. Well, it has to be Simone Biles. Of okay, course. greatest of all time. Okay, greatest one of the greatest athletes of all time ever on the planet. Like, She's yep. amazing. Facts. Uh, then I gotta go with uh, Dominique Dawes, lyrical Marylander. Right? Marylander. Yep, all right, all right. Marylander. She's just she's just a like a year or two older than me, so I grew up like idolizing her. Oh, okay. Um, because gymnastics is a small world, and even you know at my level, everybody looked up to her because she was just you know the star, right? She went to three Olympics, Smart. multiple medals, including on the um, gold medal, um, nineteen ninety six Atlanta team. Okay. And then my third favorite, or a, a third, question was, oh my gosh, it's like picking from like. You're asking a parent to pick their favorite children. Like, hey, I love them I had, all. I had, to, I, had to, I had to hold off this last question. I mean, I don't know. Suni Lee, Gabby Douglas, Shannon Miller. I don't know. I It's it's so hard to pick. But What yeah. is your favorite competition when they're in the Olympics? What's your favorite competition to watch? Uh, like the favorite part, part of it yeah. to watch? Do you like vault? Oh. Do, you, do you like the you know the rings? Do you, I must have been, yeah. but do you do uneven bars? Do you like the floor routine? Which one? Which one do you like yeah, the most? Yeah, I'm a floor girly. Okay. I'm a floor exercise girl for sure. Okay. Yeah, that's my favorite. It's my favorite to do. It's my favorite to watch. But, I mean, I will watch any any type of gymnastics. I watch the trampoline. I watch the rhythmic, like <laughs> the other disciplines. Men's. I love men's gymnastics too. Yeah. Got you. Got you. If we were hopping your car right now, what music would come on? Oh well, what would come on is actually probably radio which would be uh news radio <laughs> okay nothing wrong with that nothing I'm, a, I'm a i'm a channel flipper between um wbal and wypr but is there any music that gets you pumped up uh yeah well when i need to get pumped up rage against the machine okay all right i course. get that i get that um, but i'm also a, i'm also a dave matthews band fan love, like dave matthews which you know I'll I, ta- I take my lumps for it it's no. not like yellow school. and blue cd i get it i yeah. was uh, i'm all about the dave matthews yeah been a couple concerts Love them. Concerts are great. Their concerts are amazing. <laughs> and then what, if you, if you, do you eat chicken wings? I sure do. All right. Flats or drums? Flats. Always right, flats. There we go. Blue cheese or ranch? Blue cheese. All right. There we go. There we go. All right, you're off the hook now. I oh, to... I don't get the steam crab question. Uh, oh, I didn't know if you wanted it. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. okay. oh, oh look at you. See, you know, she watches the show. I sure do. All right. Steam crab. Do you guys right, crabs? All right. Crab cake or crabs? Steam crabs. crabs. Always steam crabs. Why is that? I love the, uh, you know, the social part of it. Mm -hmm. You're always having crabs with somebody you care about, like your friends, your family, your coworkers. Um, It's a great bonding thing. Um, 
it's we just restarted in my husband's family a tradition of doing a summer crab feast. I love it. And we just started. We just restarted it this year at my house. So. Uh, love it. Love steam crabs. And you know what? Your phone's in the ground. You're not going to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not going to pick it up. Right. Well, thank you so much for coming to the show. It's been a great show. I learned so much, and I hope the listeners and viewers listening so much. If there's a tip person, how do they get a hold of you? How do they find get a hold of you? There's a tip out there. Yeah, you can uh, hit me up on all the socials. I'm at P Wood Reporter, um, or you can shoot me an email, Pamela.wood at thebaltimorebanner.com, and you can find me at thebaltimorebanner.com. Folks, you heard it here. Thank you so much, Miss Pamela Wood. Love, Thanks, peace, Aaron. we're out. Never seen-